Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It happens every single week. It becomes Friday. Better yet, Friday night, Audrey. So glad to be back on the air hanging with you this Friday night. I'm hungry. Me too. That for dinner. I know. Yeah. I wonder if our guest brought us any food. I don't know. Ooh. Possibly. Ooh. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> so we have Hidden Harvest, part of 412 Food Rescue with us hanging outside. We're, we're jumping right into the show, Audrey. We have We to. are, because I was hungry. I know. I wanted to see if they brought any goods. I know. Or goodies. Goodies. <laughs> and apparently they didn't. Oh. And that's okay. We still have good stuff to talk about. Absolutely. So who's in the house? Hey, I'm Hannah Uman. I'm Senior Program Manager at 412 Food Rescue wow. for Special Programs and Projects. You're so, one of our favorite companies. That's I'm just, awesome. I'm just saying, you're solving big problems all at the same time. Yeah, people being hungry and people wasting food. So what is 412 Food yeah. Rescue for those people who might not know? Sure. So for those who don't know, 412 Food Rescue addresses the disconnect between the fact that 40% of our food is wasted and at the same time, one in seven people in Allegheny County experiences food insecurity. So that means that people have no guarantee of where their next meal comes from. That's frightening. Yeah. like, And what I always try to tell people when I talk about 412 Food Rescue is it's not that you look in the refrigerator and you say, oh, I don't have anything in my fridge tonight. I'm just going to go out to eat. It's I really look inside and there is no food. There's, there's nothing no, there. There's Literally. nothing. Right. Yeah. So what 412 Food Rescue does is we address this disconnect through a mobile app, we have the 412 Food Rescue Volunteer Hero app, where we work with food donors, food retailers, grocery stores, right. distributors. We pick up their surplus food. It's matched with an appropriate nonprofit organization. We put it on our app. It goes out to this network of volunteers. And if anybody's in the area, they pick up the rescue. It walks you through all the steps on the app takes about 30 minutes. You've just prevented food from going to the landfill, wow. and you've gotten it to people that who want need it. it. And need it. And can yeah. use it immediately. That's why I said you're solving big problems. So there's yeah. an app, yeah. right? And and tell people about that so that we can get a whole bunch of folks downloading that app and participating. Yes. Would love to have as many people as possible. If you have a smartphone, which most of us do, Pull it up. It's the 412 Food Rescue Volunteer Hero app. It's on the App Store and Google Play. It's very similar to if you're an Uber driver or if you're a Lyft driver, you get a notification on your phone in real time that says there's a rescue available in your area. There's bagels at Giant Eagle. Bagels at Giant Eagle? Yeah. What are we going to do? We have to rescue it. Someone's (laughs) like, I live close to that Giant Eagle. I will drive there and rescue those bagels and take them to a homeless shelter where they know people can eat those bagels that are still great to be eaten. Exactly. So everything is in there for you as a volunteer. All you have to do is look at the app, accept a rescue. It walks you through the steps. Right. You're all done. You get to take a selfie 
You get to show it off. You can share it on your social media, show your friends and family, and get everybody else involved in seeing right. how great of an opportunity this is for those of us with really busy schedules. If you have a lot going on, you can fit in 30 minutes for a volunteer opportunity right. as opposed to, you know, taking maybe four hours exactly. or a whole day. Right. It's really easy, and it makes a big difference. Very much so. So you also do this program where you harvest fruit from fruit trees. Yep. I love this. And that's so a cool. partnership with the city of Pittsburgh. Tell us about that. So Hidden Harvest actually started by two women who no longer live in Pittsburgh who were very much into foraging and into gleaning. So gleaning is the process of traditionally on farms, when there is surplus produce that's still in the fields, you glean the fields. So you basically clear the fields of mm -hmm. any of that produce that you have left that, you know, for whatever reason, you're not going to sell. And it helps farms to make way for new crops. And farms often donate that um, okay. extra produce. So that's where gleaning really comes from. So Hidden Harvest, the idea was... You know, if you look around and once you start really noticing, you'll see it a lot. There are trees in people's backyards, on private property, on city property that have fruit growing off of them there, that just yeah. falls on the ground. There is literally a tree. I live in Edgewood. It's, oh, yeah. Big old apple tree at the middle of a hill. Okay. All the apples end up on Edgewood Avenue. Because and there's tons of them, like they're good sized apples. Could you yeah. make apple yeah. pie with them? I, I bet I don't know if they're cooking apples or not, but they're apples and they're. They literally hit the ground and roll into the street. So you're saying that this year, 412 Food Rescue should I'm gonna come. I'm going to geolocate that tree for you guys. Awesome. And you can probably make like 100 gallons of cider out of that tree. Great. That's awesome. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. So the recipients of this food. Yeah. So talk about that. We talk about people who really do have empty refrigerators and you gave us some data. Yeah. But you're actually giving this food to organizations. So it's a mix of things. Okay. With okay. Hidden Harvest... The idea behind it was let's try to get as much fruit off these trees as possible and then we basically look at what we have available. Okay, what is available that we can donate because we're typically giving our nonprofit partners fruit and vegetables from the grocery store, from right. distributors. Right. It's great. You would never know that it needs to be rescued like when yeah. you volunteer, you're like, I would eat this. It's right. fine. It's a good-looking pepper. So we don't want to donate apples that are covered in bruises, covered right. in pest marks, things like that. So we sort them. What we can donate, we do same way that we would a rescue. Okay. What is not donatable, we actually earmark to create value-added products out of this. Like cider. Like cider. Yeah. So... We The first year, we partnered with Wiggle Whiskey. We created a Pomo, which is like an apple brandy. Mm -hmm. um, then we really expanded our Hidden Harvest program last year. The first year, we were just harvesting in September and October. We expanded last year from June through October. Wow. So we last year harvested mulberries that went to Millie's Homemade Ice Cream to create mulberry reserve and it really was I reserve <laughs> i mean there was like 100 pints and that was it and it was gone that's so awesome yeah so we did that and then we expanded our partnership with threadbare cider or wiggle whiskey you know started right. threadbare cider and we created 412 city cider now the really cool thing about 412 city cider is in addition to apples that are not donatable we can use crab apples. So crab apples are abundant on city of Pittsburgh trees. 
And while crab apples are not poisonous, people can think that, if you eat too many crab apples, your stomach won't feel great. So <laughs> they taste great though. They they're totally sour. They have a yeah. really nice tartness, great to right. cook with. Um and what we did with Threadbare is they were like, We want these crab apples. We would love to make a cider out of them. So we harvested apples, we harvested crab apples, and they put them all together. The magic happened over at Threadbare, and now we have 412 City Cider, which launched this past January. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. And it's so cool. super awesome. And the great thing about these products is the revenue generated goes right back into 412 Food Rescue. So it goes right back to supporting our food recovery program right. and the work that we do. And so how are, much demand yeah. is there for, for, for food, like in terms of the work that you're doing? Sure. So um, in terms of the food recovery program, there is you know there's constant demand for really? food we have you know we are very fortunate we have so many partners that we work with we work with over 400 food retailers wow. all amazing. over Allegheny County and then we also expanded this year to the 724 so give us the website we got to roll to a break so what do you got people right. learn more about you where can they go 412foodrescue.org just that simple thank Easy. you so much for stopping by we've got That's a great, great show in front of us Audrey we have Eniac Ventures a little podcast with them we have Nano Grip Tech and iCam Architects keep your dial tuned right here this is Jonathan Kirsting and this is Audrey Russo learn more about us at pghtech.org Oh, Audrey, I tell you what. I'm really looking forward to this segment. You know, I know. You know it's me. how people I work. Know, I know. Setting up your office space. Making a great place to be. Yeah, you're Very good excited. about that. You're sort of good about your little I try. space. But I try. outside of that, I'm terrible. Not. No, I'm awful. I'm awful. But inside there, I'm inside like, I'm fantastic. Cocoon, yes. <laughs> he's really pretty good. But then when you ask him, like, how about the rest of the place? I don't really care. No, it doesn't matter. It's not in my environment. I don't have it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. So we have Jonathan Lucen here from ICAM Architects. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so tell us about yourself and IKM. Well, we're a uh, we're a 70-person architecture firm in downtown. Yeah. The 11 Stanwick Street uh, on the 22nd floor. So, And uh, we're, uh, you know, again, a 70-person firm that does uh, mostly healthcare, higher ed. Ah, okay. Uh, K twelve work. That's your specialty kind of yeah. place where you. Where you my specialty is yeah. workplace design. Okay, so, yeah. is it? Yeah. Wow. So how okay. long have you been, how long have you been doing workplace design for? Uh, about five years now. So, okay. Yeah. And it's so important these days. I feel like it's really become like this thing where I hear more people talking about it now than ever before when it comes to having the right type of workspaces, making a great environment for your people because it, it really is conducive towards wellness and, and being happy at work and god forbid you're happy at work right? <laughs> well we want our people happy because i'm well, happy I don't, equals I production i actually don't so. want jonathan to be happy she wants but... to be miserable at work <laughs> for other people that would be fine <laughs> right. exactly so give us a history so yeah. you you know the firm's been around for how long uh, we've actually been around in, uh, since 1911 in various forms. Oh, so, yeah. 1911. Yeah, but we're the, so the second oldest architecture firm in the city. Really? Uh, yeah. Really? But I, our, our kind of where we've been uh, now in terms of uh, you know where we've come to, uh, we've had the uh, uh, ownership for about 12 years. Gotcha. So they brought from a single proprietor, and then they've now expanded. I just became a principal this year. Gotcha. Oh, congratulations, congratulations man. That's yeah, sweet. no, very exciting. So congratulations. And, uh, yeah, and, and your workspace is pretty freaking cool, if I must say. No, so. thank you. Yeah, yeah. we've well, had the tour there from the council. And we're like, man, you guys have it switched up. It was a great process, and and we're really really excited about where where we came from, where we were in PPG Place. Uh, you know, we were in a space that was 
almost 30 years old and was designed for architecture back in the 1980s. And, <laughs> you know, it was like an old car from the 80s, right? And how it, much, was, it was time for an upgrade. How so. much khaki did you get rid of? <laughs> it was a lot of, <laughs> lot of samples, a lot of uh, uh, drawings that we found, uh, you know, that were kind of rolled up in a ball and right. underneath a, a desk that had been there for 30 years. It oh, was, my goodness. It was pretty amazing that trying to clean, like clean out your house when you're ready to move. Yeah. So, so we want to have you kind of just kind of go over these like five tips for making your office the complete package. Well, you know, I, one of the things that, you know, we started with was, yeah. you know, who we were as an organization. Right. You know, we really talked about our mission, our vision, our values as an organization. You know, obviously, we, architecture is our product that we produce. But, right. you know, we really wanted to be a family. We really wanted to see what, what kind of culture we wanted to create for our, our people to work in and, and to be successful in. So that was our main focus. And, uh, you know, obviously, we took a lot of introspection, a lot of navel-gazing. And uh, we, uh, one of the things that we did was we really in- involved all of our staff to come together and talk about what, how do we want to work as right. an organization. Before we talked about offices or workstations or colors, or anything, anything like right. that. We just talked about what what you know what, what was the what was the pl- the place that we want to create the culture we want to create. What's for the people. vibe that you want going exactly. on when you're there? Right? Exactly. And what was the vibe? Yeah, what was the vibe? Well, the old vibe I think was you know we were rooted again in 1980s kind of culture, so that right. we had um, you know uh, old big desks for people that used to draw on the, on the boards and stuff right. like that. And this was right before. You know, computers took over, so now we're we're all you know digitized and everything else in the way that we work. So, um, and then also the generations were changing over as well. I mean, definitely we talk a lot about the millennial generation coming in, and they have a different way that they uh, you know uh, grew up and went to school, and and we wanted to to have a place that would be uh, attractive to them to come and work as well. For sure, you know, so make it a little bit more mobile, get people moving around a little bit more, doing that type of thing, not just sitting at a desk for eight hours a day. That's so much fun. And so, what do you? What kinds of things did you do to sort of facilitate yeah. that? Yeah. Well, we did a thing what we called a round robin, which uh, was we actually took a morning and we took the whole firm and we brought them together and we actually had five different stations and we we broke people off into five groups. Oh yeah. Okay. And then we actually each station talked about one thing or another about the office. So we had one that talked about what kind of workstations do we want. We had one thing that talked about how do we want to be more collaborative. We had one thing that talked about. Uh, technology and what kinds of technology that we wanted to have at our fingertips in the new office. Um, and, you know, well, actually one of the biggest decisions that we made was where do we want to actually have the office? You know, we I was gonna say, location is so at this point, you know, the environment, but what really dictate, dictates that environment is where it's going to be. Absolutely. Right? And it was interesting that, you know, that we, we did a survey during that, that round robin and people overwhelmingly want to be downtown. Okay. Um, because of transportation, because of the the growing amenities, yeah. um, you know, I would I would credit the the transformation of Market Square as being one of those things. I would believe so. You know, where we saw the city really starting to flourish in the downtown area, and mm-hmm. people wanted to be there. It was you know, it wasn't just a nine to five downtown like right. it was twenty years ago when people I started. People want so, that. Yeah. Right. Fifteen right. years ago, those said Wexford. Exactly. Well, now they're saying I wanted downtown. that when I moved here in two thousand and one, but it seemed like other people didn't. Right. Yeah. And, right. And, and the other cities had it, and I think now we're starting to see that you know the that the downtown. Uh, regenerification in a lot of ways is helping to, you know, really, uh, you know, bring, you know, new businesses that want to be downtown because of the talent. You know, it, we're all in a, in, a, in a race for talent at this point. And so we wanted to be there and be able to attract the best talent. It puts you office. in the middle of and everything. And so yeah. talk about in-office employee wellness. Well, that's one thing that came out of that round robin as well is that, you know, again, it's not just about coming to work every day and, and, and sitting down at a lunch table and eating your lunch and doing other things. We felt that you know, we were looking more at lifestyle now and, and being more holistic about the things that we were trying to accomplish as an organization. Right. Um, you know, we, we pride ourselves. Our, our motto is to, to make a difference. We wanted to make a difference not only in the work that we do, but also with the, with the people that are coming to our office to work. Um, so we really took on a big wellness program, um, you know, whether 
bringing fresh food in the office every week. Um, you know, there's the, uh, getting involved in a lot of different uh, activities like, uh, you know, doing the Pittsburgh Marathon, uh, you know, having running groups, having biking groups, that type of thing. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that we were trying to kind of germinate to get people to be, get more active and move. So Absolutely. And also, it just creates that sense of family because, I mean, we spend so much time at work. I mean, our coworkers become our, our, our second family. And so having activities to participate in, I think it just creates all more wellness around the office. Absolutely, uh, without yeah. a doubt. And so, I mean, and it also helps with the collaboration aspect as well. I mean, it helps with the work. If you're, you know, social with your, with your coworkers, you know, it's easier to be able to come together to work exactly. on a problem and solve it. Or if you have to stay late because, you know, you have to have a deadline or something like that, it just makes it easier in that regard. Absolutely. So we're talking to ICAM Architects. So glad to have you here. So let's talk a little bit about the idea of the flexible environment. That's just so important to create that flexibility. What else can we be doing when it comes to developing a flexible work environment? Well, again, I think it's, you know, work is not just done at the desk anymore. I think work is done, uh, you know, throughout the office and even outside the office now. And, and the nice thing about flexibility, too, is it allows, uh, you know, people who have different types of uh, family arrangements, things like that, to be able to work remotely, uh, but also to come in and be able to move around the office as well, to work in a different environment because they have, a specific task that they're kind of working on at that time. So okay. whether it's, you know, they have to do some head down work or they have to actually work in a group um, or, you know what, I have a good, I just want to sit at the, at the, uh, the point lounge that we have, right. which overlooks the point And because I just want to have a, See, a view of the, of the, of the point today. So. I would be hanging out in your point lounge all the time. I'm we just, do a lot. Yeah. That's where I would be. That is the I'm, most I'm, popular I'm taking place the space today. No one else is going to be. It's the most popular <laughs> so, place in our office. So. so, so do you think that this design and, and the things that you're wrestling with now, is it good for the next decade, or is this something that we're going to have to be more fluid about? I think it is a fluidity issue. You know, I mean, uh, you got to go back and check on it like, yeah, every few I think, years, and, and I think we we continue to do that. So we took a survey uh, one week before we moved out of PPG Place, to, and on ten different variables metrics that we used, we took the same survey about a month later to see how we had done in terms of like how was your workstation, how was the uh, temperature in the office, how's the lighting, those types of things. Overwhelmingly, we went up. After that first, you know, that first month. Okay. We did it again six months later, but we looked at other things that were a little bit different. We wanted to see, like, where do you feel most creative in the right, office? Right, you know, right. What are the arees that are working and what are some of the areas that aren't working? So it, it's really a kind of a test lab for us in a lot of ways. Very it also cool. influences the design that we do, whether it's healthcare or higher ed or our workplace design. You know, it helps to infer upon, um, you know, how people want to work and, and what, what works and what doesn't. So for we're sure. getting instant feedback from kind of our, our – it became really a test bed for our – our, our way of design. So. I love it. So, so cool. what should we be thinking about, those of us who are in current yeah. spaces or they're thinking about new spaces? What should we be thinking yep. about? Mission, vision, and values are so important, and you have to engage mm -hmm. your staff. That would be the two things that I would say. Understand who you are. Exactly. Understand what culture you're trying to create. If people learn more about IKM, where can they go and check you out and learn more about all this great stuff? Well, we're on, on the web at www.ikminc.com. We're also on Facebook uh, and uh, Instagram. And... Uh, Come on up to 11 Stanwick's 22nd floor. We're right. always up for a, a Seriously, a, call up and get, get a visit. Some great inspiration there when you design your space and work with ICAM on that while you're at it. So, Jonathan, thanks for hanging out yeah. with us. Thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate the I opportunity. I nerd out on this stuff for hours. Oh, too much <laughs> fun, too much fun. Hey, we're taking a quick break. We're coming right back with more Tech Vibe Radio. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. Learn more about the Pittsburgh Tech Council by going to pghtech.org. Hey, everybody. I am so glad you are spending your Friday night with us here on Tech 5 Radio. We bring you the most exciting tech companies here in the Pittsburgh region. Really, Audrey, they're doing us proud. I'm telling you. Oh, I love these Great guys. companies, and Nano Grip Tech lives right up to that for sure. One of the coolest companies in Pittsburgh. 
just working on just crazy stuff. I can't wait to jump right into this, Audrey. Let's just jump in. Come on, let's it, just jump in. We don't need any. It's 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 triviality. It's, it's gonna be it's gonna be a gripping interview. That's all I can say. I can't <laughs> okay. resist. I, I had to stop. say it. I Sir had to Paul say it. All of the jokes. <laughs> I can totally stop. Every minute I'm going to drop a new one. I'm just okay, saying. Okay, you need to stop. <laughs> I will or stop. else we're going to cut your mic off. We've got some great guests here. Let's introduce everybody here. So, Nick, let's start with you, man. Uh, I'm Nick Kuhn. I'm CEO of, of Nanogrip Tech. And I'm, I'm Paul Glass. I'm the VP of Engineering at Nanogrip Tech. Are either of you the co-founders? Is there a co-founder in the house? No? There's not. There's not. Okay. So the co-founder is uh, Metton City who is um, a uh, professor from CMU. He was the one who invented this technology originally, and he now actually is at the Max Planck Institute in Germany. Ah, so he's moved wow. his family over there. He's still a uh, an attending professor at CMU. Gotcha. Paul knows him a lot better than I do. I, I just joined the company about six months ago. Just, uh, um, where were you before this, Nick? Uh, well, I was the CEO of yeah. Along Technologies That's for about 10 years. Exactly. And then uh, uh, chief business officer for about five years. So um, a good portion of my career here in Pittsburgh has been at Absolutely. A-Long. So, Paul, tell us, tell our listeners, NanoGrip Tech, what is the elevator pitch for NanoGrip Tech? So we're, we're making adhesives inspired by the structures that exist on gecko lizards' feet. I love so, it. So cool. Geckos, so cool. Geckos have millions of these nano hairs on their feet. Right. Uh, lets them climb up walls and stick to ceilings. And they're not at all tacky when you touch them. So, okay. Uh, all of these little tiny points of contact, they bend and they adapt to surfaces that might look flat to the naked eye. But, but there's actually texture there. Exactly. Right? So these, these little hairs bend. They make contact that's so intimate that you get a little attractive force that's a dry force, weak force, but with millions of them, they add up to be really sticky. So we've engineered a way to make synthetic adhesives that have the same fundamental approach to sticking to things. Wow. That is And so do you own a gecko? I do not. We've talked about a mascot, but who would come in on the weekends to feed it? Do you use their insurance? You could bring it home, just like in nursery school. (laughs) You bring it home. Yeah, (laughs) there you go. We could rotate. Uh Maybe we'll think about that. The the, uh, cricket feeding protocol would have to be defined. right is that what they live on <laughs> the protocol <laughs> i think so yeah so you've been the company's been around for a while right yes but now you're really trying you know you're really ramping up don't you think yeah actually we just signed the lease today for a new facility so we're excited about that um Down there in, square feet yeah, in uh, lawrenceville our favorite spot in pittsburgh and we're going to do both our manufacturing there and have our offices. So right now we're exactly. spread over three locations, and we're looking forward to having everybody together. So everyone's coming into one location? Yeah. And that's what's the uh, chocolate factory in uh, The chocolate Lawrence factory, Bell? it's an RIDC building. Yeah. So. RIDC is a, a good partner of ours. I know they're so excited about having you guys, having Nano Grip Tech as, as one of their tenants, because they're really looking at robotics companies and all these new, com- all these new tech companies and really giving them the right space that they need. Yeah, it's going to be great. I mean, we really are excited about having uh, the ability to make product in high volumes, which is a key for the company. So Mm -hmm. that's a big next step for us. So let's talk about use case. So who are your potential customers or what can you share with us in terms of the functionality in the market? So people think about NanoCryptech. So a big application for us is for adhesives that improve grip to skin. Um, so, for example, 
your fitness band not sliding around, getting a more accurate ah, reading. Okay, yeah. Your glasses not sliding down the bridge. Of your oh, nose. I want a coating of that when on the on the bridge of my glasses. Exactly. Yeah. When you're jogging, your earbuds staying in place uh, when you run. So th- those kind of applications. That's a big side of the business. Um, a second side is that we manufacture uh, different tapes and adhesives, more for industrial applications or for assembly. So getting your car seat uh, to stick together in a new way. Uh, but a way that might bring down costs or improve uh, the design capabilities of of different uh, automotive brands. That's such a huge spectrum. It is of, of applications, which I think has got to be really interesting, especially for a small company. Where I mean, you're you got to be just completely concentrated in one area and then looking at the whole other area. So like, I don't know, like ADD must be going on to a certain. It is point. a challenge because we have such a wide range of of opportunities. Right. So, um, but you know. These days in startups, you try and repeat and try and repeat. Right. And that's right. what we're doing. We're okay. trying a lot of different Seeing where it works, where it doesn't work, and then... Yeah, we're seeing where we get traction. And we have medical applications, industrial applications. Um, so, yeah, it's all It's cool all to have, like, above. a contest. Could we have a contest to see if people come up with... Different ways to different use nanogrip tech, technology. Tech? Absolutely. Well, we're actually making it available to anyone... Through uh, McMaster Car, we're just launching with McMaster Car. I don't okay. know if you guys are familiar. No. Paul, you can describe that. Tell us about this. Us That's about an engineering that. thing. Yeah, it's probably like it's it's almost like Amazon for engineers. Next day shipping, any nut, bolt, widget, tape, mm-hmm. uh, glue that you could possibly want that they're not going to have at Lowe's or Home Depot. You go to McMaster; they have tens of thousands of products delivered to you next day. The crazy fun stuff. Exactly. So we're we're going to be up there um, with their next update in the adhesive section any any day now. By the time this airs, we might be really online. Okay, so, interesting. So anybody who wants to get it can try it and um, build whatever they want, and then come back to us with an awesome application. I, that's a great way to get it wow, out there and have this... other people nerd out on your stuff and see what they can do with it. Right. Uh, and we, so you buy it, and what kind of how how do you sell yeah, how, it? How's it come? That, on that uh, customer, it'll come in uh, a flat sheet. A flat sheet. Yeah. Yeah. Flat sheet. And you actually cut strips yeah, of it out, or cut, it out cut to the whatever shape that you need, need, or whatever it is. Exactly. And oh start, my gosh, and start Josh, sticking and stuff to together. Buy that. Huh. There's so many things that jiggle around. I think I need to like it's like the stabilization of the world. <laughs> exactly. I want to line a hat with it. Put it on my head and walk into a gale force wind. In my hat. Window. I know. You can I'm use thinking it to, about. Uh, you can use it to attach your cell phone to the, you know, to the front of your car. To my you face. Who does <laughs> Just that. stick it to the side of your yeah. face. And then it can come. It can peel back. Peel off. back off. Yeah. yeah. So someone's trusting their their smartphone, gluing it to the front of their car. Well, to their dashboard. Oh, to their to dashboard. The dashboard. Oh, okay. so I was thinking it to the front. So it doesn't, so it slide, doesn't around. slide around. Ah, you know, think okay. how many things slide. She drives pretty quickly. Yeah. Interesting. We're we're onto this. We may have like a local competition going on here. Excellent. We want to set something. Maybe up. we could do like an afternoon where everyone gets together and we work on it together. The more ideas, the better. <laughs> Don't yeah. get too excited, Paul. Don't get too excited. <laughs> he's, he's excited. Well, I mean, part of it is that I imagine, as we yeah. heard, we're talking to Nano Grip Tech right now, is that there's so many applications. So the opportunity for this company to really quote unquote scale. Lots of different ways. Is really, um, you can go many different directions. But then it's what do you want the, the right world? Yeah. yeah. What do you want the world to know? What do you want people to know about this company? Well, I think that you know this company has a unique technology that uh, is 
gone through five years of development. There's been quite a bit of, of uh, DOD funding, about $5 million in wow. Department of Defense funding has okay. gone into it's it. Fabulous. And so um, now we're ready to you know, open up the doors and, and get a broad use of applications and really build volume. So and, and so, Nick, with you being on board now, I mean, obviously, you're in the driver's seat to do that. And with the experience that you've had, like at Along, what was attractive about coming to NanoGriptech? I mean, obviously, seeing all these different scenarios in which you can you can take this product and attack different industries. Like, so, like, where do you start? Where where, where do you think is your your best entryway to to start really scaling NanoGriptech and really getting the product out there? Well, I think that um, I think the consumer applications are really interesting. Absolutely. So we are uh, very excited about one of the most uh, the largest players in the eyewear industry incorporating our technology. So I think that's just a starting point and that can move on to earbuds, to fitness bands. Those are all things that... As Paul was talking about that earlier, I was thinking to myself, man, that has to be just... That's a problem everyone has. I mean, you're out there, your glasses are sliding off your face, your earbuds are popping out. If there's an easy solution for that, which apparently you guys have, like, come on, let's make this happen. Let's go. (laughs) We're ready for it. So, yeah, so we are... Um, the key thing we are, need to accomplish in the next um, three months is close the financing. So we're doing a $3 million okay. Series A financing. Ah, so if so there are people kind of listening a, that are, There's people listening and are interested, we're kicking that off. We just closed a, a bridge round uh, that has some of our local economic development players, right. uh, Innovation Works, Great. URA, are participating in that and Grassroots Capital. So um, that's a big step for us in terms of being able to scale our manufacturing. Absolutely. And now having it all under one roof in the chocolate factory in Lawrenceville? Yeah, exactly. I, think, I, feel, like, I feel like all the pieces are starting to really come together for you guys. Maybe we should learn how to do, be on their production line. Ooh, yeah. But so what does it take to manufacture this stuff? Right. If you're manufacturing this in-house, is this, is, this could be a fun process. Yeah, absolutely. Our, our, our core IP is something that you know our, tech, our, our team will never really outsource. That's something we do. We protect that. A lot of right. trade secrets. But actually going from... You know the the template that has the gecko adhesive into making you know thousands or millions of parts. That's pretty much the same as how people you know coat or laminate conventional material. Oh, okay. Conventional gotcha. adhesive. Okay. Yeah. So the 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 high tech part is not there. So in terms of manufacturing, you know we we can scale that relatively easily. Gotcha. Uh, and get high volumes. Cool. Out. So we got about a minute or so left. People want to learn more about Nano Grip Tech. Where can they go and and really learn more about you guys? Right, check us out at uh, www.nanogriptech.com. Just that simple. Best way. Yeah. Absolutely. And so, uh, you guys in hiring mode? You looking for folks to help you scale? What's up? What's up with that? Yeah, I think the next couple of key hires are a uh, uh, seasoned manufacturing guy, and then we want to hire s- some important uh, sales roles. Definitely. And then we need uh, uh, technicians. They're going to be working in our manufacturing right. space. Great stuff. In Very Lawrenceville, exciting. in the heart in of it all. Yeah, I'm excited for you guys. It's a great spot to work. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're super pumped for you guys. Really making Pittsburgh proud. We appreciate you stopping by the show and telling us what's going on. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Thanks, Thanks for, having for having us. Great, great stuff. Hey, everyone, we're taking a quick break. We are coming back with more Tech Vibe Radio. I swear, Nano Grip Tech. I love it, Audrey. Too much fun, too much fun. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. Learn more about the Pittsburgh Technology Council by going to pghtech.org. Hey, everybody. Thanks for keeping your dial tuned right here to Tech Vibe Radio. You know what, Audrey? I had a great interview the other day. I captured it. We had Nihal Mehta from Antioch Ventures stop by our offices to talk to our startup members about what he looks for in investments. Really cool guy. And he actually did a presentation and discussion 
with a whole bunch of entrepreneurs. He did. And people were walking away pretty pumped. Yeah, he's a good guy. He's a good guy doing some really great work. Absolutely. And had some love for Pittsburgh. So the more that we do to present Pittsburgh to the world and beyond, the better it is. Absolutely. So you got to check this out. I got to talk to him after the event. He has some great things to say. Tell me what you think, Audrey. The coolest people come through our offices on a regular basis, and I get the pleasure of interviewing them and getting their insights. So, so much fun. And uh, we have Nahal Mehta here from ENIAC Ventures coming to talk to our members, our entrepreneurs, about what he looks for in investments. And he's also taking our picture right now as I do this, which I think is really fun. Never happened before when I've interviewed somebody. So, Nahal, thanks for taking the time to talk to us. Quickly, tell us about your background in ENIAC, and we'll get into some fun questions. First of all, thanks for the selfie opportunity. I appreciate that. Um, so it, I was uh, an entrepreneur uh, in the beginning, kind of. My parents actually were entrepreneurs after they immigrated uh, to this country. And I started my first business over 20 years ago and built five startups in the tech ecosystem. Gotcha. Um, specifically the mobile software ecosystem more on the marketing and advertising side, so mobile marketing uh, through text messages, through uh, display ads, and then mobile ad targeting. And so been through a lot with those five businesses. A bunch failed. Uh, some were acquired. We say uh, definitely built up a lot of scar tissue. Exactly. <laughs> along the way. You're riddled with scar tissue. Riddled with scar tissue. And that's what so, brought you over to the investment side of things after doing a, a number of startups. So yeah. What, so, what got you into saying, I'm going to put money into companies now? Yeah, so I never grew up wanting to be an investor. Uh, I never – actually, I, I remember even as a founder, we never thought highly of VCs. They were, you know, the vulture capitalists. The vulture capitalists. Yeah. We've heard that before. And uh, it was just by coincidence, as we were building companies, that we got to meet amazing entrepreneurs right. and had the opportunity to invest in their businesses. Okay. And I got to see a few amazing stories and journeys from beginning to end that I think inspired myself and, and my partners uh, to start ENIAC in uh, 2010 now, so almost 10 years ago. Um, and we have, you know, never looked back since. Very, very cool. So tell us, what are the types of investments you like placing? What, what kind of companies are you attracted to and, and what's making you happy these days? So ENIAC, you know, our namesake, we're named after the world's first automated computer. Ah, at, I was going to ask yeah. you about the name. So that's yeah. what that is. Okay. Yeah. That was built at the University of Pennsylvania, actually, in the 1940s. And so I think our, 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 our thesis is true to our namesake where we're investing in, no, not vacuum tubes, but uh, <laughs> the next computing interfaces. And so for the first, say, 80 or 90 investments, it was around mobile computing, right? When the iPhone and Android came out, all of a sudden you have a computer in your pocket. Right. And there's a whole ecosystem that's emerging, and that's the most personal, intimate, uh, powerful computing interface. I think now uh, there's a lot of interesting stuff on the horizon, the next computing interfaces. So Tell us about those. What are you yeah. seeing popping up there? I mean, because you, yeah. you're getting first glimpses. You have lots of people pitching to you and showing you what they're working on. So you're, you, yeah. you're like a first observer of this. What are you seeing out there? Yeah, it's super exciting. You know, I'd say a couple of years ago, we were looking into the mixed reality world. So augmented reality, mm -hmm. virtual reality. Um, we were looking into conversational interfaces. Huh. So, you know, most folks these days know of or have uh, Amazon Echo or right. Google Home in their homes. And so just speaking to computers 
and having it be part of normal conversations. Exactly. Um, you know, I think now uh, we firmly believe in the theme of seamless computing. So computers are around and they're listening and there are sensors picking up our actions and our words and they're augmenting our experiences. So whether it's in chat uh, or it's voice or it's actions that we're doing, um, there's AI and there's computers that are actually helping us do these Absolutely. tasks a lot better, more efficiently, more productively. And so that's the overarching theme. And I think I mentioned kind of mixed reality and conversational UI. You know, there's a lot of other arenas we're actually digging into BCI or brain computing interfaces now. That's where it gets super tricky <laughs> and a little frightening too. A little frightening. You know, Facebook's working on their own project. Elon Musk has, you know, Neuralytic and, and obviously he has kind of brain implants going on. It doesn't have to be that dramatic. I think the fact of the matter is, um, you know, for example, we're able to ingest an incredible amount of data per second. If you think about it, terabytes of data are collected by our eyes. Absolutely. But our output is limited by like one word per. It's very know, interesting. I had never thought about that, but that's exactly right. Yeah, we're, uh, we're taking all this data in, but then to then output. Or it's worst a whole case, story. when you're texting like one letter at a time. <laughs> For me, it's like half a letter right. at a time. I'm awful. One, one, one emoticon at a time. And so a lot of folks are like, okay, we need to increase the output substantially. And so obviously your thoughts are going faster, running faster than So there's technology that can help our brains process quicker. technology that basically translates your brain into, you know, something more tangible. And so, you know. That's just crazy. I mean, I know at Carnegie Mellon University, I've seen some research around that. That's right. The Quality Life Technology Center. And it's it's amazing. I mean, just for people that have disabilities or that had injuries to help them, but then to think just to make me a sharper human being. That's right. I would probably need two of them. Yeah. In my case, just saying. Yeah. 60 Minutes had some episode a few months ago where they show uh, literally the interviewer was asking this guy from MIT a question, a crazy question, and he's thinking about the question. He's getting the answer in his ear from Google, and then he's right. He's answering um, the question. So, yeah. so yeah, that's you know another aspect of, of what's interesting. Um, we're looking into quantum computers. We're looking into space technology. We're looking into computational biology. We're looking into, you know, our, our latest investment might be in, in the food tech arena. Wow. So kind of all over the place. So you, yeah. at the end of the day, you get to have a lot of fun. We have. I we mean, have it is never fun. the same day twice for you then. That's absolutely right. Yeah. And so how many pitches do you get over the course of a year? I mean, people are probably coming out of the woodwork. Yeah. Knowing that you are, you have this, this diversity of what you're interested in. Yeah. I mean, at some point, is it like enough? Uh, it's never enough. You know, we uh, we remember how tough it is to be an entrepreneur, right. and I think we definitely value, uh, you know, all the all the all the journeys that everybody's everybody's embarking on. So we want to be able to be as helpful as possible. You know, reality is we invest in about an average of one company a month. Okay, we see about five hundred a month. Wow! So very quickly. Majority of those companies say 400-ish of the 500 are not a fit because of our stage or sector. They're too early, too late, or there's not core tech at the heart of these companies. So you need those big numbers to get to that one that's really going to take you forward then. So we do work on about 50, okay. and then um, we end up doing one on a monthly basis. But all the other entrepreneurs that we meet, that we engage with, we try to 
give them something of value. We remember sure. as founders, even investors that passed on us. You refer to other folks that maybe fits into their portfolio at that time. Or or, or just that one intro that can change the direct trajectory Definitely. of that company. It doesn't necessarily have to be another investor. I remember when I was a founder, and a VC that passed on me made an intro to somebody at a very large tech company that actually dramatically changed our strategy and, and trajectory. And we want to be hmm. those investors that can open up our networks. If you're building the impossible and doing sacrificing your life to build a startup um the least we can do during our our, our meeting with you is if we're not going to invest you know help a lot i love that attitude that's awesome i mean i'm hoping more investors are like that as well because it just makes the whole the whole world better in that regards that's right as far as that goes so what do you quickly what are your thoughts on pittsburgh i mean we're so happy yeah. to have you here bringing your insight we have yeah. a, a room just packed full of our startup companies just yeah. hanging on to everywhere you say what do you yeah Pittsburgh so far. Is it, is it any any uh, yeah, thoughts? I, I love it. I'm having a, a great experience so far. You know, really excited to go to the AI conference yeah. uh, today. We're so happy to have that. Is it having that that type of a conference here in Pittsburgh yeah. is just fantastic for us. Well, CMU just announced that they are the first to have uh, a real degree. Yeah, right? the first undergrad degree. The in, first in AI. undergrad AI <laughs> which degree. Which is amazing. It just shows where that's going. Which yeah. is incredible uh, because we know that like typically tech. Uh, the tech community is not very good at marketing. And so the fact that, you know, this marketing came across means that it's real. Exactly know? right. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're excited. It, it's definitely aligned with, um, with our strategy. And so I'm hoping my goal today, my KPI, is to come away with some entrepreneurs we'll invest in. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a very short flight from, from New York, so hopefully we'll be here a lot more. Excellent. We hope to have that flight going back and forth with you on that plane, yep. hanging out with us, because we're so glad you're here in Pittsburgh. If people want to learn more about ENIAC, where can they go and check you out? ENIAC.VC, so that's E-N-I-A-C dot V-C. Just that simple. Thanks yep. for your time, and thanks for hanging out with us here yeah, in Pittsburgh. Thanks for having me. So, Audrey, what do you think? I mean, he is, as you know, he's a great guy, but he's got such great positive energy, don't you think? He does, right? He doesn't have that much of a cynical eye. No, uh-uh. he's he's very down to earth for all he's accomplished and what he does. He, he keeps it, I think, right. pretty, right pretty of, on the level. Right out of undergrad. Exactly. At Penn. Yep. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Such a cool dude. That's why we love doing this job, Audrey, because we get to hang out with some of the, the right. best and brightest people out there. And that's why I encourage everybody, every single Friday, keep your dial tuned right here at Tech Vibe Radio. We're trying to bring you the best of what's happening here in Pittsburgh's technology scene. And at the Pittsburgh Technology Council, Audrey, 35 years. I know. It keeps freaking me out. And we have a special timeline we're putting together for the end of uh, the summer that we're going to be unveiling that I'm pretty excited about, kind of talking about Pittsburgh's tech industry over the past 35 years and how it's evolved. There's some crazy glasses, crazy ties, and crazy suits. That's I know. I they say. were wearing ties and suits. Isn't yes. that funny? <laughs> now it's like it's, it's, it's so much People fun. People go to work in their pajamas. Pretty much. <laughs> we try to as much as we can. I right? know. It is so <laughs> funny, the evolution, the evolution mm-hmm. of, of how we work. And how we dress. Exactly. What our hours are, you know, what it looks like. Everyone had an office. I know. Absolutely, man. Exciting time. So cool. Anyhow, more coming every single Friday. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. Learn more about the Pittsburgh Technology Council by going to pghtech.org and then have an awesome weekend. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.